It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1464 of the Lockdown Hawks podcast. I'm your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Tuesday into Wednesday. And thank you, as always, for joining us on the podcast and making us your first listen each and every day. Check us out anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey app, etc. on the audio side, as well as YouTube on the video side. And today, I'll be talking to my friend Brian Schroeder about the 2023 NBA draft in two-part fashion. This is part one that you are about to listen to slash watch, and then part two will also be available in your feeds right now. Brian and I focus mostly on the number 15 overall pick for the Hawks, their first rounder, and some potential candidates for that selection. I'm sure I'll be trying to beg Brian to come back, back on the podcast at some point later on the cycle as well, but... About an hour of Hawks talk with regard to that, that number 15 pick and plenty to discuss and a lot of different candidates, honestly. If you missed it, by the way, Monday, I released a new podcast talking about five prominent storylines for the Hawks this offseason, ranging from the new regime that's in charge with Quinn Snyder to the salary cap, to the draft, to some potential trade candidates, etc. And that is still very fresh in your feeds right now. But without further delay, I'll be talking to my friend Brian in a second. First, here's the intro. We'll be back with myself and Brian Schroeder talking about the NBA draft. You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. I am joined once again by my friend Brian Schroeder for the first post-regular season, post-playoff edition of a draft podcast on Lockdown Hawks. Brian is the most frequent guest as, as far as draft stuff is concerned, and uh, I'm reading your stuff all the way through the cycle. You were on once before during the season, but it's been a while, and uh, how's it going? It's going. Give me a second to open this delicious Sprite. Sorry. That's a perfect start to the podcast. We love to see it. Uh <laughs> Look, I, I asked Brian to come on, uh, and I know people were clamoring for draft stuff, and we'll have plenty of time. We're recording this, you know, end of April. Uh, stuff will change, and the combine, and measurements, and all of those things will happen. But the number one topic, other than like current roster shakeup for the Hawks, that I've been asked about is who are they take, who are they taking at fifteen overall. So I think we're going to focus pretty much exclusively on the options at fifteen. So we're not going to do a lot of Wimby scoop talk. Probably not a lot of like super deep sleeper talk on this podcast. We'll, we'll do more of that later on. But uh, I figured there's kind of still like a pretty wide range. I don't know how you feel. I was asking mm-hmm. somebody about this earlier, earlier um, this week. Uh, I don't, I'll start. I guess I'll start here. Like, what do you make of the middle of the first round? Because I feel like there's kind of a consensus that it's pretty flat for a while. But uh, where do you think, like, where do your tiers kind of land? And like, what do you make of the Hawks being at 15? That's where they are. So the, the real strength of this draft. Um, because a lot of drafts are referred to as like flat and it's kind of a pejorative. This draft is it's a great draft. It's not, I wouldn't say it's super top heavy. There's to for my by my eyes, there's the three superstar prospects, and one of them is kind of an enigma. Like I still don't really know what Amen Thompson really is. That's kind of kind of why I love him. And it's not a draft that's gonna have like a, a whole bunch of all-stars, it's not like 2009, but what it is, it's just like 
it's deep out to like like six or seven to like twenty four is almost the same level, and they're all like guys who could go like ten to fifteen to eighteen in a normal draft. I feel like, and importantly, a lot of them are like wings, like six five to six eight guys, which is the, obviously what the NBA covers most. Like it, if you have a, a draft with a lot of good players, but they're all six one guards, it's like, well, how good is it really? Because how many of them are really going to play? You know, a lot of centers. It's like okay fine you can you can find a walker kessler those guys come around um so it's really it's a pretty good draft to have like eight to 20 i would feel like especially if you are i feel like it's a draft where a lot of these guys fit really well with good teams it's like like competitive teams so it's there might be some trading i don't know i i I know there's no intel on any of that stuff yet we don't even have the order finalized but i feel like it's a good draft to have like if you have a guy you have like the team I've always used is the Pacers. The Pacers have their guy, and now it's just like which one of these like seven guys that we have here it fits best with him. And I mean, the Hawks have a guy. That's what we always talk about when I come on. It's, it's who fits best, and it's really independent of what they do with like the rest of their the roster. I feel like it's 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 an interesting place to be in. Like they're one of the, the four or five like the Nets, Pacers, Hawks, kind of Charlotte. Although Charlotte's a little higher up. Are the teams where I'm just like, yeah, they could pick like eight guys. Like I don't really, I kind of change it up every time I do a mock because it's it's pretty open. Yeah, I made a intentionally long list, but I mean, mine was like 15 guys long. I mean, and part of yeah. that is that you know every year somebody falls. I mean, mm-hmm. the Hawks have benefited from that. I think the last two years with guys who I had rated higher in Johnson and Griffin falling to them, and that could happen again. I don't, you can't bank on it happening, but it could. Which means basically anybody that's not in like a top six or seven consensus could get to 15 it's conceivable and then you get they got sort of the I, I have the beholder stuff where like maybe your front office and this is this is even weird this year because the hawks front office is a first time front office travis like is not there uh they have these guys who are making choices for the first time so we even we know even less about their tendencies like i had a pretty good feel for travis and who travis liked and what kind of player he wanted i have no feel yet about landry field so that makes it even more interesting and like i think Basically, what you don't want to do, and I, I wonder what you think about this too, is draft for need. And, you know, a lot of, I think, no. naturally, Hawks fans are thinking about their roster right now and what they need. And I get it. Uh, and that basically means, you know, they need defense and they need wings. And you mentioned wings. It's a good place to be in this draft. Um, my only concern and would just be, and in previous years, I've kind of said, like, they almost couldn't draft a center. I think this year they could if it was a conjunction with a Capella trade. They could yeah. conceivably draft a center. Um, I think the only thing that I would not want probably is a small guard who can't defend. And even then, like there aren't that many of those guys in this range. There's there's almost see. nobody. There's nobody in who will be in the first round. Who, this is not a guard draft. There's really one and two, and you know, depending on how you see, like top one Thompson's really two. It's it's not like the for me the the number 2 and number 3 like point guard like initiators are like Marcus Sasser and Mike Miles who are like the most second round pick guys imaginable they're both fun they're both fun players but like yeah agreed or not they are the most middle of round 2 take a shot on this guy maybe he could be like a uh Javon Carter or i mean maybe a Van Vliet type if you if they get like the 99th percentile outcome which doesn't happen yeah um I'm, we'll fill in from here but i want to start by asking you it's kind of a two-part question, but one is like, give me your absolute, maybe not insane, like you can't say like Brandon Miller, but like pie in the sky, somebody falls to 15. That's like semi-reasonable for the Hawks. Taylor Hendricks. 
Okay, that's number one. And we'll, we'll <laughs> he won't. That in a he won't. But I don't that's, think he will yeah. either. That's he's on my list too. Um, and then who's the like if, uh, more reasonable like as far as like consensus mocks and stuff like? Who's your more reasonable choice that you think might get there that you like? There's a couple guys. I'm going to say Bryce Sensible though because I just I think you have to go the upside thing. I mean, Derek Whitehead is the other choice. Those oh, are by, the last. By, guys, by the way, just to stop my top right tier. here. Every single Hawks fan has made this joke, and I have too, about the Hawks taking yet another former top five high school guy from Duke, and it would be the funniest thing in the world if they did it again. But that, by the way, they very much could do it again. <laughs> that is very possible. And it would be it would be it would be a fine pick because he's still super young. Yep, like AJ Griffin. Now the difference is that uh, he has shown a lot of effects from his injury history yeah. in college, and AJ didn't really like AJ was just really good. And Dariq has like looked slower. Is not doesn't isn't really getting by people off dribble, but he shot forty two percent from three on like nine and a half attempts for hundred possessions. He's six foot six. He doesn't turn nineteen until like next until like twenty twenty. No, when does he turn nineteen? It's it's after the draft. It's like, like August. Like he's yeah. he's young. He's really young. So those are the reasons to take a guy like that at fifteen. I mean, worst case he's like a spot up shooter. Best case he's like Jamal Mashburn or something. Like because he's big. He's a big dude. There but Dariq is almost too simple. It's it's just like you take him if you think the injury stuff is behind him, and he you can get him in better shape, and he can get some quickness back, and he can be like a creator. And you don't if you don't think that, then you don't take him. I I feel like like I, I really don't think that's a it's it's a pretty simple evaluation. I like him. I mean, the, the joke is the joke, and it, 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 it is funny, mm-hmm. but he is a very talented guy. For I mean, there's a reason why it makes sense, and it's because you know he is very talented. The shooting. I mean, the the question may be, you know, defensively, what he looks like in Atlanta, where they already have some perimeter defensive questions. Um, yeah. But the the shooting is very interesting for sure, and the size and the pedigree. Like, I, I'm not sure. Where, I, he's a guy. I'm not sure where he's going to go. I thought he might yeah. be a late riser, and then he seems like he almost has gone the other way in some of the consensus intel stuff. So, I don't really know what to make. I mean, he could be there for sure. Today's show is brought to you by Game Time. If you've ever been trying to find a tickets to a big event at the last minute, it can be really stressful and actually be kind of taxing for your emotions plus your wallet. After all, buying tickets should not be a hassle. It should be more about having the fun at the event with Game Time. Get the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for sports and music and comedy and theater. And they have killer deals, lots of tickets, and the best price guarantee. With all of that, you could be avoiding stress and actually getting hype for the event you're actually going to be attending. Spring is here. There's lots of events happening in Atlanta. I'm sure that's the case wherever you are right now as well. With Game Time, you can get flashes of last month's tickets as well. And it's so easy to find and buy the tickets for any kind of event you're looking for. You can be finding the images of where you're actually going to be sitting with your new seats and where they'll actually be. And they have protection if your event happens to get canceled. Forget playing months in advance. Get them, get them as deals right up until the day of the event. And with the Game Time Guarantee, you get to the best price possible. If you can find tickets... In the same section, in the same row for less, Game Time will give you a credit for 100%, 110% of the difference. And it's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You can buy tickets just a matter of seconds. Plus, those tickets will actually be available and sent directly to your phone to make it very easy for you. Download the Game Time app right now, create an account, and use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem that promo code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. 
Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I do want to go back to Hendricks because, you know, that, that's the guy who I, I know you, I knew you were high on. I thought you might say him. Uh, just for people, just people's reference because he's not the most famous person no. unless you are down in the draft. So he, he played at UCF. One and done. Uh, that's already strange. A one and done from UCF is already odd. Um, so explain to people he's what a, Taylor Hendricks is. He's a, he's a twin. I don't think people know that. He's younger. His twin plays. He's just staying there. He's not particularly good. Um, <laughs> Taylor Hendricks is. He, I, I wrote. I wrote about this. He, like, on the surface, it's easy to see why people like him as a first rounder because he's six nine, six ten, forty percent three point shooter, block shots. Plays good defense, just like a nice, like he's. It's very easy to project him to be like a role player in the, in the NBA. It's just like a a, shoot, a spot up shooting four, plays defense, and like is a good athlete, runs a transition, has a lot of like good cuts. But I really feel like he is the guy in this draft who is the, and he's not that low usage. He was around twenty, but I feel like he's the guy who has a lot to unlock with the ball in his hands. And if he does, he's like, I, I feel like he's almost like. If he if he really starts to unlock, like physically, he kind of is like Jeremy Grant. That's that's like I think the closest comparison physically. He's a little bigger though. He's like six ten. Yeah. So he's going to be some kind of mix of like some, whatever the in between of Jeremy Grant and like Jaron Jackson is like that player. A, a pretty good player is what that would be. <laughs> yeah, it's just like is he a center? Maybe he has some Bosch in him. Maybe he has some Evan Mobley. Although he's not as big as Evan Mobley, but Hendricks just has like. He has such a high baseline of just competency because he's just one of those guys who just stays connected all at all times defensively, knows exactly what he's doing, switches, hedges, like has no he's not one through five defender because those don't exist, but I would not there's almost no guard in the NBA that I wouldn't feel like he could at least deter. Like Steph, I guess. But if if I'm not, you know, I don't who cares? Right, exactly. Nobody can do that. The, so it's the real, the real, like the. I guess what I'm saying is the things he needs to develop to become like an actual third scorer and switch defender who block shots and shoot spot ups is just getting more confident with his handle and gaining like ten pounds of muscle. And it's like that every single NBA player does has done that. Like those are very simple things. Like AJ, honestly, that was what that was my pitch for AJ last year. It's like he just needs to become better at handling. It's like okay, he will. I already had yeah, yeah, like I mean, that. Yeah, it's not hard to do that. And any any NBA team will tell you they can do that. They are not worried about that in the slightest. Well, and, and especially for a guy who's already, like you said, six nine, six ten. Like, even if he didn't do that, he could. He he'll be very useful. You would imagine, like yeah. as a as a you know floor spacer who can defend and um, you know I, the defense. The cutting, uh, the cutting is really really good. Like, and he has touch on like little floaters and little hooks. Yeah, I mean. He's a guy, I think, like you said before, I don't think he's going to get to the Hawks. I'd be surprised. Probably not. Um, but, you know, they the Hawks, If let's just say they fall in love with him for whatever reason. Um, they have an extra first from Sacramento. They could move up if they wanted to. Like, it's it's conceivable. Um, I do wonder, like, what he looks like in Atlanta. I mean, I think it would he would be an interesting guy if they were to, let's say, move on from John Collins, which has, of course, been rumored forever. Um, and then you have him and him and Jalen Johnson and Sadiq Bey. It's fairly interesting. Um, is he? A, do you think he's a four? Hendricks long term, he might be a five. Yeah, he might be. He might be a five. I think he's a front court player. Yeah, he has, but he has 
That's why that's why I compared him to Jaron and Mobley. He's not that level of a prospect, but he has those their wing skills, like the movement skills that those guys have. Where he can really get down and crouch and turn his hips. And like the shot blocking is real. Like he he gets way above the rim and challenges people. And he, despite being thin and having kind of like weird his shoulders are not filled. He that's he kinda looks like how he kinda has Halliburton shoulders, like where it's not the <laughs> blades are weird. I don't know. He doesn't Real look narrow. like a guy. I mean, not narrow, just like narrow, like 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 wide. Like he's he's broad, but like if you turn him sideways, he just looks real thin. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just I don't know. He just every every time I watch him, he's a classic guy. I I could watch a whole a full game at UCF played, and he would be you know two for nine, or like I don't know four for twelve. But he had a good like he played well. He just did a lot of things. Just highly competent i guess it's almost like pj washington but like with a re- like a actual like a really athletic frame which is an interesting player to me like i don't know how else to describe him but he can no, shoot like pj like he's that kind of that kind of like legit street like he'll get hot and hit five six in a row the i mean the balance is great he has like like the, the balance on his release is great he does sometimes kind of like lean left or right or forward, and I think that's where some a lot of his misses come from, but he still shot 39% on, like, real volume. I guess the best way to describe him, I, I looked this up, I, I've got this memorized now. I'm including Chet Holmgren in here because I consider Gonzaga a high major, but the uh, high major freshman with 30 made threes, 30 dunks, and a five block percentage. It's Chet, Jaron Jackson, Jairus Walker, Jonathan Isaac, Isaiah Austin, and Taylor Hendricks. There and Taylor Hendricks has uh, twenty more made threes than any of those other players in that season. Yeah, I mean, much much more of a uh, you know perimeter perimeter skill guy at this stage. Obviously, yeah. he's and he's young yeah. too, and you know one and done age. He's player. exactly one year younger than Brandon Miller. Well, which Same is, yeah, there you go. Um, no, I mean, I I agree. He's definitely on the short list, the dream list. I mean, he's, yeah. uh, it's kind of how, again, not to go back to last year too much, but you know, I didn't think, I didn't think Griffin was going to get to them and he did. And I think Hendricks would be yep. similar if he were to fall there. I, I, I'd be even more surprised if he got to the 15 than I was with, with AJ, but um, he has no injury problems. Yeah. yeah. There's, that, and that's the reason why AJ fell. I mean, pretty, pretty clearly. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's the dream pick and maybe the trade up guy. Um, we talked about Whitehead for a second. Uh, you mentioned Bryce Sensible. He's a guy I got asked about him a couple of times, actually this week, just kind of randomly, Interesting player. Um mm-hmm. what, like like six six, like two thirty, two forty. Like he's kind of uh, yeah. yeah, he's he's pretty big. He's not um, you know, he's I think he's almost he's almost twenty already. What do you what do you make of him? Because I think Ohio State was like pretty off the radar this year. They were not very good as far as college basketball was concerned. And then yeah, he like, was. And he that, yeah, that was, was problem, yeah. But he he was good, um, but in an interesting way. So yeah, tell people about Bryce Sensible. So Bryce is a fascinating player because if you if he's a 66240 small forward you think he's like a PJ Tucker size guy like he is that size like he's he's a little maybe a little taller. Um Bryce has like ballerina footwork like he legitimately has like DeMar DeRozan foot level footwork in college as like a shot maker and he is like just a pure isolation scorer like he's just an incredibly talented 15 15 feet and I mean, he's the three point percentage is good. Like he's a good three point shooter, but I think his percentage from twelve to twenty was around forty nine percent. And he had like fifteen percent of those shots assisted, so he just got the ball at the nail and just put people like no, no, nobody that they played in college basketball could stop him. 
It just was like, is he going to hit the shot or not? That was it. But he's not like a high-level athlete. He's not even like a super strength guy. I mean, he's a big and strong guy, but it's just timing, footwork, creating. Like, the handle is really good. I almost compared him to Mark Aguirre, or the other guy I almost compared him to, or I did compare him to, is Paul Pierce, almost. Like, he has that level oh. of just like, you're you're done. Yeah. Like, if, if, he gets, if he gets you to like 15 feet, and you, you are... I don't know who guards him is the thing. Like I really just, think just it can the, translate. The, the thickness, like the the power. Yeah. Not, I mean, I don't. Is it power? Is it's almost just like physicality. I don't know. Like you know, Pierce yeah. was never the greatest athlete, especially in like older Pierce was not a great athlete by any means. Yeah. But just he was just big and physical yeah. and got to spaces and that's interesting. I had not heard or thought about that. Um, I mean, the scoring. I don't know him. The size. It's so weird. Like it's hard to figure. I, I'm having trouble translating him, and I, I don't know why yeah, it is. Yeah. I'm having trouble like seeing him in the NBA. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's just because of, you know, the, the Big Ten is odd, and he, you know, it's more of a groundbound league in a lot of ways. And then, you know, how athletic is he? I don't know. I mean, he is. He's pretty athletic, but he's not like a super duper athlete. But he could. Yeah. Part, part his of athleticism he's, he's is, so thick anyway. is more. He's, he's big, man. His athleticism is more like his balance and his like ability to contort himself and like his lit, like his his la- his. Luca style, like his last step stuff. He's not like, I mean, he's not a, a poor athlete, but I would say he's a below average, like wing athlete in the NBA, but he's just huge. And it really, yeah, he's, there's not really a player like him in the NBA right now. It's really hard. Like, honestly, the closest player to him in the NBA right now is like Cam Thomas, but if Cam Thomas was six, eight, uh, six, six, seven, six, six, seven, yeah, six, yeah. Like, it's really fascinating. He's and really, he's, uh, that's kind of why that- I have him here. Can he guard? That's the other thing I ask you. Is a, like, little, what, a little. What about his defense? Because, like, I mean, he's going to – this is not a good comparison, but he will be compared to last year's Ohio State one-and-done wing and Branham. Yeah. He probably shouldn't be, but you know how that works. It's just no, what it very is. different player, yeah. They're very different players, and I would not do that. But, like, Branham just couldn't couldn't defend anyone and still can't. Yeah. Um, Bryce is not – there's nothing – No, he's not horrible. He's just not very good. He's just fine. <laughs> he doesn't – he doesn't really he he's reasonably like the team defense is is, is okay. Like he, he doesn't get beat on back cuts, like he pays attention, he can diagnose plays, he boxes out, like he, he gives a solid enough effort for a 33 usage guy. So I don't think he I don't think he's gonna be hunted or like killed out there, but you know, it you could also there could be some issues with uh just like high leverage playoff stuff. That's that's really all I'd be concerned about. Which at but this that's uh, also something you could say for I don't know fifty four players in this draft. It'd be like right. I was gonna say. I mean, most and most even guys who are pretty much NBA players, um, everybody except for the Thompsons, Weminyama, Jarris Walker, and Taylor Hendricks. That's, well, and, and even you know, this is a different conversation. But how many how many proven good NBA players have that same question? I mean, yeah, we we've just seen it in the Hawks. I mean, not, not the Hawks Celtics series, like there are guys on the Hawks roster that are like, I are good players that have playoff concerns in certain matchups. It's just what it is. Um, Hold on. What? Yeah. Well, but yeah, cur- current bogey. I mean, we've seen it with, we've seen it with Collins at times. We've seen Capella, I mean, Capella in the modern NBA, like certain mm-hmm. matchups, like it's tough for those guys. Today's show is brought to you by the award-winning app at PrizePix. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. It's amazing. I know that you will love it as well. It's very easy to use, and you can win up to 25 times the money on your entries at PrizePix. They have safe and fast withdrawals, and every single day during the NBA playoffs, one PrizePix user will actually have a chance to become a millionaire. If you place an entry after 8 a.m. Eastern time, you could be randomly selected one person per day 
to and whoever actually placed that entry will be given a six pick flex with the following payouts. If you get all six correct, it's a million dollars. Five of the six, eighty thousand dollars, and four out of the six, sixty thousand dollars. If you're looking for full details, they can be found at prizepicks.com/million. You must opt in at that link to be eligible for the million dollar entry. Once you opt in. All you have to do is actually go and play a game like normal, and you could be the lucky winner. That is prizepicks.com slash million. And also download the prizepicks app at prizepicks.com today. It's set up actually play fantasy sports. If you're a first-time user, get 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. Do not forget that promo code. It is locked on at sign up for the instant deposit match up to $100. Check it out now at prizepicks. And one more time, it is prizepicks.com slash million. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, I was going to save it, but let's just do it now. Jet Howard, Michigan guy. I've seen a lot of Jet Howard. He's the guy I've seen the most on this list, probably. Um, people seem to be all over the place on Jet Howard. I, I'm sure you've seen this too. Like, there yeah. was a movement early in the season where, like, Jed Howard top 10 pick was like firmly in play. And then it's like now Kobe Bufkin is like ahead of him and Mox and they're, they're teammates and they're very different players. But um, I understand that. I mean, Kobe was great. I understand he was, the reason yes. for that. He was. I'm, 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 I feel more or less the same about Jed as I did. I have him slightly higher than I did before the season because I was in on him as like a top, like a one and done player. Yeah. You were very high. And on as, him. as I say a lot, there's only, there's never been more than I think 21 freshmen is the most that I've ever been drafted in any one year. So I only, I really only try to do fifteen or twenty, maybe twenty-five of those guys actually project them, and he was one. So was Bryce. Um, uh, and like I got a little higher on Jet in, earlier in the year when he was dishing and, and hitting everything. The, the handle and the passing really were standing out because he's yeah. not, he can't play, he's not good at defense. He's not like physical at all. He's not a good. No, runner. he 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 was an excruciating defender to watch. I mean, obviously, I'm, I've watched a lot of Michigan basketball for Robbie. Yeah. Uh, it was it was tough, and it was not only him, but it was he was tough to watch on that end of the floor, which is not a huge. I mean, he's also a weird case in that, uh, you know, he's the son of John Howard, but he was not supposed to be this this fast. Like he was kind of no. not. He was on the radar because he was John Juwan's son. He was six like, four at one point. Yeah, and he also like went three years to the, ago. he went to the Iverson Classic in Memphis and like blew up. Like yeah. everybody's like, what's going on with Jed Howard? Because like he was more like, you know, he was a good prospect, but he was like in the you know, fifty to seventy range kind of thing, and he kind of started mm-hmm. rising from there. But um, I mean, what's the skills that look like? Because I mean, the, the shooting is what everybody will point to, and I, I believe in the shooting. The feels pretty pretty decent, I think. You know, coach's son, so you think he would be able to uh, you know kind of feel the game. Can can he defend at the NBA level? Is a question, and then also like. Mm-hmm. What's his role on offense? His best role on offense, I should say, in the NBA too. His role on offense now is like current day Otto Porter. You're just like you are shooting. Like you're just you're positioning to just shoot. You're running spacer. around. Yeah. Like you are you are shooting. And if anything else comes from that, if you you know pump pump fake, dribble in twice, make a nice pass, good enough. But I think the shooting is still pretty. Like I don't think he's a significantly worse shooter than Grady Dick or even Miller. Honestly, like those are like the, the three really high-level wing shooters. Like yeah, I, I almost didn't even include... I'm probably not even going to include Gray Dick on the list just because I think he's going to be gone by the time the Hawks pick. Um, but he's the one... 
you know, and again, this is this is this is the Hawks podcast. So, context-wise, they they do need shooting. I mean, it's it's undeniable, and they need shooting. You know, I think some of that will be the fact that AJ will play more next year, but also they they have this is a context that has a harder time taking on a bad defender for obvious reasons. You're talking about the yeah. backcourt as it is now. I mean, with the way that John with that Jante played this year, plus Trey, it's difficult for them to take on a bad defender on the wing. It's not impossible, but um, with a first-round pick, they kind of have to, at least in my mind, maybe try to aim for not a bad defender in this class. And the thing oh. is, um, Dick will be hunted. He was hunted sometimes. He's not – I don't think he's like a disastrously bad I, – I think you could he's argue better than Jet. slightly better than Jet, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think he's better than Jet. I mean, early in the he year – He's better. He, he's like – he reacts quicker. Yeah. Where do they Where do they have – where do they play their first that – Christmas tournament uh, or Thanksgiving tournament? Where did Kansas start their season? I can't remember where they where they played the first the first. Was stretch. it Maui or was it? I think the, it was Maui. Oh, One of those. Man. I don't remember. Wherever they were, he was not ready to play defense yet. It was very obvious, and it was like mm-hmm. jumping off the screen. Like he was, he looked awful. And then yeah. people kind of just like form their opinion on that, and I get it. But if you watched him in like February, he was competitive defense. I mean, he's not going to be good, yeah, he's but he's he's, he's six eight. He's big. Out. Yeah, like but he's, he's not like a. And again, I think that he'll be gone, so that's why I'm not really bringing him up too much here. Yeah. Um, but Grady Dick is a—he's—he's he's the consensus best shooter in the draft. If you want to pick one, you know, it's one of those things. I mean, maybe you could say it certainly looks like aesthetically. I think because Miller's results are roughly as good, and Miller will be a good shooter. Like, oh, I, yeah, I, I'm, and he's a different I'm, class, obviously. He, he's I'm low. The top five. Yeah, I'm I'm low on Miller as like a star prospect, but he is a top tier. He's in my number one tier, and he should. Even even I think he's he's a top eight player. He's going in the top eight. He'll probably he's probably going fourth. I was gonna say he's gonna go in the top four. Yeah, I I think so too. And and I do think that we'll save this for later. I think the the Miller versus Scoot thing is kind of silly, but um, he's a good he's a good prospect. But yeah, yeah. But but aesthetically, Dick's Grady Dick's shot is the most pleasant looking of this. Oh, it's 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 gorgeous, and he made forty percent from three on huge volume in college, and he's uh, that's going to be his game too. In a different way, like with with Jet Howard. I think there was a hope, maybe there still is, that he could be a little bit more of a scorer. Whereas yeah. Grady Dick is going to be a shooter in the NBA. Like we all know, that's like going to be that's going to be his appeal. Um, he's going to be good at it, and that, that's going to be what it is. Um, so I don't know. Jet Howard is. I, I'm I'm a little biased, obviously, on Jet Howard, but I, I also don't. I, I'm not in love with Jet, to be honest. I, I think that the, the defense is enough to scare me. Yeah. But I think we're in the Hawks range. It would be fine. I think a 15 would be fine. It's just that in Atlanta in particular, I don't think that I, I, I doubt that he'll be the guy I want. If when the Hawks come mm-hmm. on the clock, I don't think he'll be the guy that I would choose, but it wouldn't it's, be terrible either. Who's yeah. your flavor is really the, the theme of this draft. Yes. It's like what that's flavor the, of what flavor thing. of player do you want? And yeah, I can see the, I can see the concern. I, I think jet needs to be somewhere like Orlando or even like, well, Maybe not Portland because I don't know if their defense is actually good, but he needs to be on a team with a bunch of athletes to sort of yeah. compensate for his some of his flaws. And that's not can, that's not the current version of the Hawks. That's not the current version of the Hawks with the uh, backcourt what it is and and all of that. All right, that will do it for part one of this two part episode. Myself and Brian Schroeder talk about the NBA draft. Don't forget there is part two still to come. In fact, it should be in your podcast feed right now. As listening to this podcast anywhere you get your podcast, please subscribe as well. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. Odyssey app and also over at YouTube on the video side. Please follow the program on Twitter at Lots on Hawks. Follow me on Twitter at BT Roland. Follow Brian's work as well. Plenty more to come. Stay tuned and we'll see you next time. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free. 
free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.